Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 52nd episode of Tales of Tamriel. I am your host, Agelos, and uh, for those who don't know, like we had some streaming issues with our with our live episodes, so this is a studio-only recording. We'll be back next week with a streamed episode. Don't you worry. Uh, technical issues technical issue boss has has pwned us, and that's what happens. Well, we have some exciting things to go over. First, you may have noticed a few new faces or probably voices around here. Well, the Dungeon Crawler Network is expanding. Alright, so I'm going to go on and I'm going to introduce some of the new people. First, my lovely co-host, Thais. She's with me today. Yeah, she's not really a new face, but she's the best face. Sorry to all my other co-hosts. She is my wife and she will beat me if I didn't say that. How are you doing today, Thais? I'm, I'm good. Really? Good. How are you? I'm wonderful. Awesome. Wonderful. Awesome. So, you excited for today's show? I, I am. Yeah. There's another. There's another lady uh, here. Oh uh, yeah, and what? And then you also have your uh, another British guy. That's right. You, you're set now. I know. It's amazing. <laughs> All right. All right. So now we're gonna move on to some of the fun stuff. Over the past few weeks, you may have noticed that I've been steadily at work on the new website. It's been a long, arduous task, but it's starting to near completion. But if you haven't checked it out, you really should listen to the outro for the URL and all that other juicy information. Uh, but part of the reason is we are growing as as a network, and it encompasses a lot of different things. And, and because of that, the team is growing. So today we have two of those two team members with us. First off, you may have heard him on the show a couple times before, or maybe seen a guide of his on the site. Esteldian. I got it right that time. I get... How are you today, good sir? I'm doing great, thanks. See, I told you, eventually I'll get your name right. I am impressed. Eventually it, it... came very quickly. <laughs> I'm impressed too. Don't be too impressed. I'll probably mess it up later. I don't know. We'll see. All right. Excellent. We're so glad to have you on. I know you've been uh, you've been working with us kind of, you know, uh, independently for quite a while now. Like you've written quite a few guides for the site. Um, and actually, if I remember correctly, I, uh, I think I told you this, that your one guide for your Paladin build actually got us the most unique views we ever had on our site. It was yes, pretty interesting. Yes, you did that. 
So that was awesome. I'm excited to see a bunch of your stuff for 1.6. Well, one's already ready to be uh, produced anytime <laughs> it's, soon. It's just waiting on me, probably. Actually, yep. it's waiting on uh, Thais, our editor here. Point, click. That's you. Well, well you have to remind me, because uh, baby brain, I forget. I understand. I'll remind you, and we'll go through that and get that out there as soon as possible. All right. And last but certainly not least, um, well, I did have that in there. I missed that. Sunny, Sunny Black, how are you? I'm wonderful. All right. Uh, it's glad to glad to have you be part of the team now. It's exciting. Hype. Hype. <laughs> <laughs> so now you're joining the site as one of our content writers and a game reviewer and possibly some future projects, but I'm not going to be spoiling any of that yet. Yeah. Suspense. Yeah. It's exciting. Very, very. I'm it, happy to be here. Thanks for having me, guys. I'm really excited to work with Thais. She's awesome. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Esteldon. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Stelden, uh, like you say, a British guy. And then, of course, you, Ag. I've, I've just had the best time getting to know you the past few weeks. So this is this is great. I'm excited. Yeah, it's it's going to be so much fun. All right. We also have two other members that joined uh, Dungeon Crawler Network, but they're not on the show this week, so I'll have to maybe, you know, get them on the show at some point, try to squeeze them in here. Uh, that would be AVI Optimal. He's going to be a new lore and gameplay article writer for this site. And also Ageless. He's a new writer who is working on a Skyrim After Action Report, a series all about the Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. Now, I got to say this, and Sonny can back me up on this one. I've read the first chapter already, and it's fantastic. He's he's mind-blowing. Yeah, I I cannot wait for that to be up on the site for people to read. Um, and I can't wait for future chapters so that I can read them. I've already read the one ahead of time, but now I'm kind of hanging on a cliffhanger here. I tell so, you, he's a he's a pro writer, so he's we're, we're, it's going to be wonderful. Yeah, definitely awesome stuff. Now, before we move on to game news, I'm sure you probably noticed the absence of one person in particular, and that would be Delta. Well, I want to come out and say this off off the on. You know, right on the air. Uh, we had a talk earlier this week. Don't worry, everyone. Nothing's nothing's bad. He's he's still my bro. But poor Deltia, like he decided to step down as one of the co-hosts uh, and take a break from podcasting. I know the poor guy. He was telling me he's just kind of you know getting a little burnt out from having to stream daily, working on his site and podcasting on the weekend. It was it was getting to be a little too much. Um, so he decided to step down from this and kind of take a break. And uh, I, I want to personally thank Deltia for all the work that he has done, you know, with us for the past 25, 26 episodes that he was on. Um, and, you know, possibly make him back in the future as a, a you know, guest host, co-host again. We'll know, we don't know. We'll, you know, we'll have to see what the future holds. But uh, we want to wish him good luck in any of his future endeavors uh, with his site and all this, his guide writing and all that. And, uh, yeah. Let's go ahead and move on to game news. First off for game news this week, we didn't have a lot, but we do have a couple things that we want to go over. First off is a Battlemaster corner, the Thunderous Destroyer. Now, this is a stamina-based sorcerer, which, you know what, I'm actually going to say this right off the bat. Stamina sorcerers, at least they were, mostly dual-wield, though. They were pretty powerful, at least in patch 1.5 point eight ish that area like the dual wield was really powerful this guy goes all out into health 
because he has all his attributes into help for maximum survivability. And the main source of his stamina for build lies in armor enchantments. Most people were doing that anyway prior. Um, let's see what other stuff he's doing. Shadow Mundus Stone, which is awesome. But he's using a two-hander and a bow, which is actually pretty much what my build is, but on a Templar. Uh, his two-handed bar in includes Surge. So, base, you're going to have to tell me on these ones because I don't play a sorcerer. Critical uh, Charge, Uppercut, Reverse Slash, In Case, and the ultimate is Summon Sparky Paul. Sparky Paul. Sparky Paul. That's the Storm Atronach. And for the bow, which he's aiming for AoE damage, um, Surge, In Case, Volley, Arrow Spray, Scattershot, and Negate Magic. Uh, let's let's go ahead and let's uh, talk about his two-handed bar, because uh, Esteldian, you and I both use two-handers fairly often though we play temples. religiously religiously i know that's pretty much all i ever play with is my two-hander have you done a two-hander on a sorcerer before uh i have actually i do have a younger sorcerer that's messed around with a two-hander all right um, uh well let, first off I'll, I'll talk about it. he's aiming this as single target damage now out of everything that he's done uppercut obviously that's great uppercuts bread and butter hits like a truck we like it it's it's a good good shot but the problem that he's doing is he's using dizzying swing yeah i saw that i don't know why he's doing that one versus <sighs> the other because if this is a pve build now i didn't see anywhere where he said this is a pvp build maybe i'm wrong maybe it is a pvp build so um i actually says up in the top about pve content so with that being said i'm gonna go from a pve point of view dizzying swing is it, it the problem with cc abilities especially if you're doing bosses and stuff or bosses are immune to cc so you're losing a lot of effect from dizzying swing might be good on trash pools but that's about it what do you think custodian uh yeah well i mean i guess in theory the 15 percent damage reduction should work on a boss um because the one-handed slash crippling strike does uh -huh. um but I mean, I know he's, it's mainly a solo build he's gone for. He does say, I think, at the bottom that it's for okay. soloing around. Well, then, yeah, um, oh, you, that so, makes you, sense. You wouldn't, want to use, you wouldn't want to use it in groups, obviously, because if you want a damage reduction on the boss, you've got the one-handed tank to deal with that sort of nonsense. Right. Um, yeah, I still wouldn't have picked, even for soloing, I probably wouldn't have gone with the 15% damage reduction. I'm more of a, if you're going two-handed, kill them before they kill you type sure. thing. Well, that and yeah, the damage reduction is fine and all that. Um, and yeah, that probably would work on bosses, which is great. But you would probably have a tank who'd be doing the what it was exactly the, would be doing that. So it doesn't really stack, to my knowledge, anyway. So no. So my problem with the morph is essentially, while it might be, I suppose it's beneficial on your own, but you now have completely crippled your two-handed choices mm -hmm. if you actually do group with people. Right. But, you know, Wrecking Blow, you know, if you're the, – the damage bonus you get from Wrecking Blow, and like he says, it does not apply to Wrecking Blow. That's true, but it applies to everything else. So Yeah, as long as you're weaving, it's going to affect the next hit. Yeah, yeah. Next heavy attack, next light attack, whatever you're using, that's what it would be using. Executioner, obviously, it's a great one. I like it. Critical Rush gets you there and back. I like that one as well. Really good. Um Vase and uh, Sunny, if you have a sorcerer, critical surge. It's all my bar. I mm -hmm. don't really use buffs all that much, but 
the buff is really nice considering it increases your weapon damage. Mm -hmm. So for single target and solo, it's definitely a good choice. Now the other one, I I haven't used that one. I don't know how well it would work. For like, I just I've never used it. Have you? Um, which other one? The Shattering yeah. Prison. No, I've never used that one. Okay. Well, I see what he says on here. The main reason I guess he's probably using this is specifically for the extra 15% critical chance they get from a exploitation passive, which is kind of neat. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't if, play a sorcerer. If, if you're solo and you're taking a lot of damage and you're trying not to die, that's definitely a good choice because it just... It stops all the enemies in front of you. Mm -hmm. Well, it, he's, it's a crowd control and it's instant cast. And as he said, if he's only going really for the 15% crit you get from a passive and he's like, it has to be a dark magic, having something that you're, you know, he's playing stamina, so it's not like he's going to load up on spells anyway because he doesn't have a, a surge of magicka. I'm just glad to see he's using Sparky Paul because Sparky Paul. Yeah. It, it really is an amazing ultimate. It's it's my favorite ultimate. It it does so much in the time that it's up. It's just a great ultimate to have. Right. Yeah, I use Flawless Dawnbreaker myself. Yeah, I see I don't if you're going for full damage, especially with a two-hander, you just can't beat Flawless Dawnbreaker passively increasing all damage by like 19%. Uh, yeah. Like Agreed. Don't break her all the way. Right. Now, Bo... I almost feel like... Alright, I'm going to say this. I almost feel like the two-hander could be better off at, at AoE than the bow. Exactly my thought. I'm like, <laughs> oh no, I wouldn't go bow for my AoE. I wouldn't either. I was like, put myself... Uh, well, when 1.6 comes out, um, biting jabs. But in the meantime, give me give me a cleave or which is the other one carve carve give me carve and i'm a happy day for any kind of aoe I'd, yeah I'd... or or solo wise i, I could say you know brawlers are a fine option as well you know, sure the damage shield can be handy but yeah i'd probably replace the shattering prison on the 200 bar with brawler and well the bow bar would really just be there if i really have to try and stay away from a scary monster <laughs> see to me i would probably keep the 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 dark magic because he has a for crit i would remove the charge because if you have a bow as a ranged option switch to your bow while you're out of melee range run up with the bow in hand switch to two-hander when you're close you don't really yeah, need the charge I, the yeah. charge i'm guessing is there because it's a 100 percent crit chance so it's a definite heal with the crit surge yeah so makes sense it's guaranteed heal um in fact i see what you're saying i mean to be honest i'd probably actually get but brawler instead of prison, get rid of the charge and uh, have. Did he have rally on there? He did have rally, didn't he? He did not have rally. Yeah, yeah I'd have rally on there. <laughs> See, for a stamina build, that's he's using. Well, <laughs> again, with only having five spots, with what he's trying to do, I guess he's getting the um, the damage boost from, um, which is the ability that gives him the damage boost for. Um, Critical Surge is giving him the high weapon yeah. damage, so he doesn't really need Rally. So, makes sense. Uh, I guess I'm a firm believer in stacking the weapon damage even past the soft cap. I reckon <laughs> you still get more damage probably from uh, getting Rally on there as well as a little healing than you right. would from the Shattering Prison, which has got somewhat of a restrictive... It's not like the widest AoE in the world. for. So if you are fighting six, six or so mo mobs, you might not actually get them all caught in your Shattering Prism anyway. 
Sure. Mm. All right. Well, I, I don't really have much to say about Bo because I think Bo is, at least prior to 1.6, was fantastic single target damage. I still felt its AoE was a little lack. Yeah, I never considered a yeah. AoE weapon. No, I, I mean the 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 volley, the arrow barrage, and the bombard. It's no, I just I didn't like it. But you know, to each his own. And I mean, I, I think I think he should have switched the roles around. I think the two hander should have been his AoE, but it is what it is. So as you said, it's a pretty ruthless build for PVE. Depending on what you're doing, yeah, it probably is. Yeah, I see it as a solo build. Yeah, I mean, it does the job. I probably wouldn't go. In fact, I didn't go with those skills with mine, but. It would, it's definitely viable. I can see it doing pretty damn well. Right. It would all depend on what you're aiming to do within the game. I would not use that as a uh, dungeon or a, a trials build, but oh, solo yeah. build? Sure. Sure. Yeah. All right. We're going to move on to the next thing, which is the Tamriel Chronicle. This one is where they talk about all the community events that, are, that deal with uh, in-game events, fan art, fiction, all that fun stuff. Uh, there's some new upcoming events, which include the Wayrest Mages Guild Lecture Nights. Um, that is going to be Wednesday, February 4th, and February 11th at 7 p.m. GMT on the European Mega Server. So, Stelding, if you want to get your roleplay on, that's where you got to go. Uh, the Wood Hearth Tavern, which is the 4th and 11th at 10 p.m. Eastern on the North American Mega Server. And it looks like it's something about Green Pact. All right. Council of Daggers meeting. I'm just going to read through this. And Wood Hearth Open Market. Wayrest Fighters Guild Adventure and Training Night. Um, do you know of any... Are you going to any of these events, Sonny? Because I know you're pretty big in the roleplay community. I have uh, several in the past. They're really fun. They're okay. really fun. We need to get more events together. Like, I know uh, I've heard about doing... Sky Shard events, things like that, where you just get a group together and I um, mean, just go hunting Sky Shards, things like that. Right. I w I'd like to see more of that on the American server. I've seen that on the, you know, EU server, but uh, the events are really fun. The RP events, they're they're really fun. I, I'm almost half tempted, just because this is an MMO. I can see why they post these. I, I I sort of question that when you start saying that about I wish they would do more events like that, like saying, "Hey, we're going to do a sky shard hunting event or something like that." Um, I, I find the only place you could really do that really effectively would be Cyrodiil, and with it being an MMO and trolls being the way they are, could you imagine going, "Hey, we're going to do a sky shard hunting event on Haldorus <laughs> at seven p.m. Eastern," and all the and all the PVPers like, "Oh, all right, sounds yeah. good to us." Wait till it goes free to play. Whew. Yeah, exactly. It's you can um, axe that. That was well, a nice thought. To be fair, you could axe that now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was a nice thought for a minute. It, it, no, I agree. But then I'm sitting there going, anything that you, anything that you would have to go outside of a PVE zone to do effectively, I, I don't know who would even show up because I wouldn't even post an event like that on here because the amount of trolls that would just be sitting outside your mile gate just waiting for you to come out. Right. You're right. Even I attempted to do that. I would probably do it too. <laughs> if, if it were like AD or something doing it, I would be out there. I'd just be waiting for the AD to come out. Absolutely. 
<laughs> oh, I see you're an AD hater. Oh, I'm totally an AD hater. Oh, yes. so you hate but my high I wouldn't feel bad about it anyway, because I'm a fairly crappy PvPer anyway, so it's <laughs> not like I'd be waffle <laughs> stomping all over and they'd probably turn around and kill me. Yeah, probably. <laughs> me too. Me too. <laughs> That's hilarious. All right. Now, the last two things I really wanted to mention is on the bottom of this, which I thought was neat, they do show a lot of fan art, which... A lot of it is really good, like really, really, really good. And they showed some of it on ESO Live. Um, but specifically, the two that I really liked was the uh, Aldmari Elf cosplay and the Argonian Assassin. So they are on the near the bottom end. The cosplay looks fantastic, but the Argonian Assassin is the one that I love the most. Um, I'm gonna. I'll provide a link to it in the uh, description, so you guys can go out there specifically to this Argonian one because it is absolutely fantastic. It looks like watercolor. I'm not very good at this kind of stuff, but that's what it looks like to me. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Um, but whoever the artist was on this one, I actually want to look that up. Who was the artist? Does it say? And it does not say. Not where I can see it. Um, but he signed it. I cannot make out his signature. But it is absolutely fantastic. So if you are the painter of the Argonian Assassin, you, sir, are, are madam, are fantastic. Great work. Absolutely oh, great work. Someone tried to kill me when I was minimizing to look at the artwork. <laughs> <laughs> How rude is that? See, that's why you would make a bad PvP here. Because what are you... Oh, I'm not going to be... I'm going to alt-tab and look at some artwork here real quick. That's what we do. That is what we do. All right, so... Moving on to the next little bit of game news, which is the Loremaster Archive, The Slave Rebellion. That's right. Uh, so, Pace, this one's mostly yours, but it's the Chancellor's wisdom and insight are known throughout Tamriel. So we are thrilled when he agreed to visit the Archive and share his latest lore book, which examines the Alessian Slave Rebellion and the fall of the Aliens. That's right. Uh, we offer our most sincere apologies to the Chancellor again for spilling our tea on him. It's okay. It's Abner Thorne. Entirely on accident upon hearing his very fair criticisms on our humble archive and its collections. I would have thrown tea at him. Right in his face. Right in his face. Right in his face. So, Thais, you want to read the book? Sure. The ruination that came to the aliens was inevitable. It was not, as less astute scholars postulate, due to the will of the Aedra or some absurd mystical agent, but was a result of their degenerate Daedra worship and gross underestimation of their slaves. The human leaders who challenged the aliens, St. Alessia in particular, recognized the cultural rot weakening their captors and took advantage of it to orchestrate one of the greatest triumphs of men. The debauched elves were apparently quite creative when it came to devising new horrors to inflict on their slaves. What a shock that practices such as flesh, flesh sculpture would drive the tormented men and women of Cyrodiil to rebellion. In their smug complacency, the elves could not conceive of the possibility of an uprising, which was well for the slaves who would have been summarily crushed by the aliens at the heights of their power. As evidenced by the ruins found throughout Tamriel, the aliens were an incredible force. The source of their prodigious might, however, was also the catalyst of their decline. 
deals with Dajic princes granted them the power they sought. They thought themselves in control, typical elven arrogance, as poison crept into their society. The various Daedric cults began bickering and backstabbing, as is their wont, forming the cracks the rebellion would exploit. Another critical factor in the dissolution of alien rule was the indomitable will of the oppressed. We have all read accounts of heroic deeds executed by the likes of Alessia Morahaus and Helenel Whitestrake. While it's obvious to anyone with a modicum of intellect that these tales are a bit hyperbolic, it is quite clear that exceptional individuals made the establishment of the First Empire possible. Alessia's slave army was populated with many examples of the true potential of man. It is a pity that more texts have not survived, for the few we retain give us little insight, and dishonest scholars often distort them for slanderous political purposes. My own ancestor, Thranus Ye Redhand, has been painted as either a slave overseer or even implied to be Tharhan, the mutilant of the gradual massacre based on ridiculous interpretations of obscure and questionable footnotes. The jealousy of lesser men, while I do savor it, can be such an annoyance at times. In reality, based on the rare texts I have had the privilege of counseling, of consulting in the vaults of white gold itself, including the recently discovered scroll of precursor saints, Theranus was a critical supporter of Alessia's cause, disrupting supply routes through forge. My nose is stopped. <laughs> disrupting supply routes through forge logistical orders, and even leading his own battalion into some of the war's bloodiest conflicts. Sadly, the slenders have sunk so low as to make preposterous accusations that I forged the scroll myself. Despicable. Given the weakness of the Aliens and the rather inspiring members of Alessia's retinue, the outcome of the war was determined before the first slaver was beheaded. The slave rebellion both teaches a cautionary lesson about the idiocy of trifling with the Daedra and demonstrates the power of men who have rightfully ruled the heart of Tamriel since, as they always shall. I wouldn't doubt that he forged it. Oh, me either. Nope. He's. I, I don't. I don't like Abner Tharn. I don't really care for any of the Tharns, really. Um, for those who don't know much about TS lore, the main antagonist of the Elder Scrolls One was Yegar Tharn, who was his ancestor, who actually imprisoned the Emperor Uriel Septum in Oblivion and, and took over him through like an illusion spell to make everyone assume it was him. So his future ancestors uh, are not so good of people. That's right. All right, we're going to move on to the... Well, do we want to do the question and answers? Uh, actually, no, we're not going to do There's a lot of them. So oh, okay. if you want to read the Q&A that they've done with Abner Tharn, Definitely check it out on the official Elder Scrolls Online page. I love these Lord Master archives. They are always really neat. Uh, Sunny, do you read any of these? I do. I enjoy them a oh, lot. Good. They're a lot good. of fun. I'm glad I'm not the only one who actually likes reading the lore episodes. How, uh, Stelian, how about you? Oh, well, why read them when I can wait till Thais reads them out? There you go. Oh, that's a good point, too. 
she I, reads them very well too. Good job. Those are some. Sometimes there's some really hard words in there, and you nail them. Yeah, it's increasingly difficult with my nose being stuffy because I'm like, oh, I think my words are mushing together. <laughs> <laughs> no, you do great. I love listening to you. That's why I always make her do them. You oh, you're not like twisting my arm or anything. I love doing them. Oh, good, good, <laughs> good, good. All right. All right, guys, that's the end of the news section for this week. There hasn't been a lot because, I mean, they dropped the big bomb on us the, well, the past, like, two weeks, which has been the uh, the buy-to-play transition and, of course, Update 6 hitting the PTS, um, which, just random off-topic, have you guys been on the PTS? Stelting, have you done anything on that? Yeah, absolutely. All yeah. right. Good. How uh, do you feel about it? Uh, I'm like a kid on Christmas Eve waiting yeah. for it to come out live now. Yeah. I know it's a bit buggy. There's stuff I need to sort out, but I really look forward to it. How long did it take you to download it? Um, <laughs> a couple of hours, but it is big. Uh, is this coming nice, to me I've now? Nice internet. How long did it take me to download it? How, yeah, how long did it take you then? Uh, Four days. Wow. And that was it constantly running, four days. See, I haven't downloaded it yet because I just want to grind and go ahead and level my girl as much as I can before I download it. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's definitely fun. Uh, I've been on the PTS. As soon as it downloaded, like I started it, second it went live. Like I was remoted into my PC from home, waiting for it to go live. And I had to patch her up, and I checked it to make sure it was actually patching, and it did, and that was great. And then I really didn't do much of anything for the next four days because it didn't finish till like Friday. So wow, wow. What you on a modem? Fifty-six <laughs> modem back over there. Pretty, pretty close. Pretty close. Wow. Not much more than that. Wow. Which is sad. <sighs> Makes me sad. All right. So I just wanted to ask what you guys thought about that one because that's why there hasn't been a lot of news. But kind of kind of dealing with one of the announcements, Tamriel Foundry had a nice little Q and A with Paul Sage. Uh, it's, it's on their site. Now, what we're going to do is we're actually going to read their questions. They only have a couple of them. Um, it stops right there because then it starts going into French. If you can start to ask us questions in French, great. No, don't even try. Don't <laughs> even try. Um, so what we'll do is we'll we'll ask a question, answer it, and then we'll go around in a little roundtable and we'll talk about the answer and, and how we feel that applies to us, what we thought of it. Etc. Etc. So, first question: Deciding to directly price game content like zones or dungeons is a clever choice in the market where many cash shop-based business models restrict themselves to services and items, while allowing all players to access uh, to to all content. Uh, while uh, what were some of the key considerations behind this approach that made it the right choice for ESL? I think the choice is something players are familiar with. The Elder Scrolls Online already offers hundreds of hours of content, but we always want to deliver new stories and new adventures. The key to offering it as DLC is players can decide what they want and when they are ready for it. Okay, um, we're going to go around the, around the table and I want you guys to tell me what your thoughts are. We're going to start with Thais this time. So pretty much what they're saying here is you're going to have to pay for zones and dungeons. If you are not an ESO Plus subscriber, okay. you will have to, when new deals, it's, it's sort of like Skyrim where we're, when they released, you know, like the Dawn Guard zones and stuff like that, that you had to buy it 
in order for it to be access. For a single-player game for Skyrim, I think it's a great idea. For an MMO, I, I don't really agree with it. Okay. I think that major content like that should not you should really have to pay for like the, the the little things the little fun things sure why not but something as big as that just doesn't seem fair to me okay uh steldian uh i got no problem with it to be honest uh it's no different really you can call it dlc you can call it an expansion whatever you want to call it really as long as you're pricing it appropriately, you know, if it's if it's big content, fine, charge however much you would for an expansion or DLC. If it's a much smaller, like a bit of a zone or just a few quests, don't be charging me $30 or whatever it is for a tiny content update. Okay. Uh, Sunny, what about you? Well, I've seen it done in other MMOs, and uh, I mean, sounds like to me, so basically what they're saying here is if you are a member or a plus subscriber, then you're going to be allowed to access so then you have a choice to buy it so does that mean you permanently own it so you don't have to rent it any longer so if i pay the 30 dollars, i own it forever so i'm buying that dlc that is correct so then you may come out cheaper i mean but see usually the way they price that it's not priced appropriately because you own it forever so it's usually really expensive so i mean it's you know, it's like Estelle said, it just depends on how it's priced, I guess. All right. Um, my thoughts on this, and this is something else. Uh, I do want to highlight this because this isn't in. I was going through the Q&A here, and they didn't really ask this question, but um, I do know the answer to this one. Some people ask, if you're an ESO Plus subscriber, you do not have to pay for when any of this content comes out. But as you say, you're renting it. If at any point you stop your ESO Plus subscription, you lose uh, access to any of the DLC zones that you have not purchased. So when you get the game of Tamriel Unlimited, um, when it comes out and it, it goes to the buy-to-play, the game that exists when it comes out, which is what we know in the zones now, plus the justice systems, no real new zones, but all that stuff that we have now is the core game. That is yours forever. When they release Rothgar, if you are an ESO Plus subscriber, you can go right in without having to buy it. If your subscription lapses, you lose access to that zone. You cannot go in until either you renew your ESO Plus subscription or you buy the DLC outright. Now, this is... See, I'm kind of where... I don't know. This is really weird to me. In single-player Skyrim, yes, DLC made sense. You know, in single-player games, that's what DLC is. Downloadable content that you buy and you go from there. It makes complete sense. Other games often go, like like they said, the, other, the only other buy-to-play game that I actually play, which started out buy-to-play, is Go Wars 2. However, they do not lock off new zone contents, except for in their new Heart of Thorns expansion. You have to have that to get that. But that's... You know, that's a that's a boxed expansion. Uh, all their content updates, like new zones and the one new dungeon that they released, Fractals, you did not have to buy with their gems or in their in their cash shop. However, I, I feel like this would have been the better route for ESO because while I enjoy Guild Wars 2, they have a lot of fluff items. To me, is obviously that's like their main revenue. A lot of fluff items that are quote-unquote not lore um, friendly. 
I think there's like plushy backpacks and stuff like that, which arguably you could say are lore friendly in that universe. But the stuff that they would have to come out with the cash shop to make money, it would start getting more and more lore breaking. And in this game, specifically with the lore how it is, I think this was the better choice uh, by offering DLC. However, I do not like the way they're doing it with the ESO Plus subscription. I really think that if you're paying the ESO Plus subscription and it doesn't break, content when it comes out... Now, again, this is to block people from, you know, just subscribing. If the, if the DLC is 30 bucks and they're like, well, if I sub for one month and I get it, that's why they're doing that. But they really should have some sort of grandfather policy where they're like, okay, you've subbed for three months after a DLC dropped is now part of your base game. You know what I mean? Oh, so, that makes good sense, yeah. It, because, you know, I plan on staying resubbed. In fact, my thing's probably going to kick over in a couple months for another six-month subscription since I still have that. Um, so, yeah, I'll pay for that. But it otherwise, all I'm getting is gems and I get access to it. But if I ever stop, then I lose that access. They really should look at some sort of grandfathering policy that... It goes, hey, after X months that you've been subscribed, you get the oldest DLC. It just gets added to your account. You know, at, you know, if you've subscribed for three months after it comes out, it's added to your account. Because I don't want to have to go in there. Like, I've, I've already been paying them the $15 a month to play uh, with ESO+. Plus, and then I decide to cut my subscription and go, great, they've released three DLC at 30 bucks a piece. It's 90 bucks. I have to go back and spend 90 bucks so I can go back into the zones. Right. I don't oh. like that. To be fair, the big question, again, it comes down to the cost, because you are getting 1,500 crowns, which, every month, and it all depends on how much that's worth in terms of DLCs. You this know, it's is not, true. It's not going to be worth buying one, obviously, but if every couple of months, instead of buying a load of tat, you could actually buy a DLC with the coins anyway. I mean, I was quite impressed by the crown store so far, that the 1,500 you get every month can actually buy you stuff. When I played EverQuest 2, they bought their little crown store. I got like 500 coins for my subscription and you'd wait three months before you could buy a damn worthwhile item on that. It's like, oh, I can't even buy any fluff. (laughs) It's really badly priced. Whereas this one, so it all depends. I mean, I do agree with you in a way that I I don't see why they should stop doing the, the loyalty rewards. And so your loyalty for 15 months or 18 months is one of the DLCs becomes yours or something rather than giving you another pet. You, sure. could, you could keep on having right. loyalty, and that would be a, way of, a good way of giving you the DLCs so that if you do ever leave, you can go, oh, well, I've still got that one at least. And, and, you know, and I agree with what you're saying there because this could be something where the 1,500 crowns you get for being a subscriber, it would depend. Like you said, it, let's just say the thing is is um, the DLC is 15 bucks. We'll say it's 15 bucks, And in fi- you know, your $15 a month subscription gets you 1,500 crowns. The DLC in the crown store should be 1,500 crowns so that if it came out, you could just buy it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but usually what I've found is the DLCs are around six to 10,000 crowns. I'm hoping that they're not going to go that route, but that's about... Yeah, well, I, I, wouldn't object, I wouldn't object to do it being more than 1,500 Um well, I'm, I'm just saying that... 6,000, the, because you, they're not going to give you $15 worth of sub fee, because obviously that... That would be your, your, your everything else you get as a bonus sub would be pure bonus, and I know they try and get a balance or whatever. Are but you saying that like fifteen dollars? Like again, like if you you won't get your fifteen dollars worth of crowns per okay. month. That's that's inevitable, I, and I, I accept that. 
that you're not right. going to get that because uh, you know that's why they give you like the 10 percent bonus to experience and stuff it's, it's kind of a way of hiding the fact you're not really getting your full money's worth right. from the sub. <laughs> um, so your 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 1500 crowns will say probably will cost you 10 bucks so yeah. essentially you're giving them five dollars yeah exactly and you know if the dlc then costs two thousand or something that that's not so bad i can live with paying more than i'm actually getting per month as long sure. as it's not extortionately more you know like like Sonny said, if it's like 6,000 crowns, it's like, well, hold on, now it's a lot of months I've got to be subbed for. Right. Well, that's... I can't buy any costumes, going to buy a DLC. <laughs> yeah. Right on. See, that that's something we'll have to see once it comes out with the prices. Because, like you said, I I should be able to, and in my, my opinion, the value of the money that I get, if I'm subscribing to the game for three months and I don't spend any of my crowns on anything else... I should, in theory, be able to, you know, take my crowns, and when DLC comes out, buy the DLC, depending on its price. Absolutely. Yeah, in theory, that should be exactly how it works. Well, based, you know, based on, okay, let's just say, you know, well, two months is 30 bucks. Let's say the thing is a $30 expansion. My crowns I should get, if I didn't spend them anywhere else, should get me up to, are very, very close to being able to buy it outright. Yeah, right. it should. If if it comes in and I've been subscribed for two months, which is thirty bucks, and the subscription comes out or the DLC comes out and it goes, oh, this is going to be sixty dollars. I'll be sitting there going, wait a minute. So I've been giving you thirty dollars for these past two months, or I could have just been playing for free, gave you thirty bucks, and got you know the expansion here, or you know whatever the case may be. Is like it's if your math does not add up, I've been paying my sub fee, I've been getting the crowns, I haven't been spending them on anything else, I've been saving them for DLC in case I decide to cut my um, subscription, but it doesn't even come close to what I need, that's a problem. Right. Yeah, because otherwise any people worth, who are going to consider doing it, it can be who join the game late in life, because like, well, actually I can't be bothered to buy your six other DLCs, I'll just pay your sub fee and rent them out. Sure. But otherwise, yeah. if yeah, if you're playing a long time sub, so like, well, actually, why am I subbing? I can just buy this bit at a time. But as I say, as long as it's close enough, it, that's I think it's reasonable. Um, you know, whenever you rent anything, you always lose out compared to buying. That's a fact of life, no matter what. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. it is. And so. I still didn't set it correctly. You know, call it loyalty rewards, and you know there should be maybe even a percentage knocked off when you go to buy. If you've like, you know, people there are people. What are we coming up on the year anniversary? Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you've been subbed that whole time, and then a DLC comes out. There should be a. I've been subbed that entire time. Ace has been subbed that entire time. Well, then you guys yeah. definitely deserve loyalty. Yeah, okay. we get a pet or something. Then we amount. Exclusive <laughs> mount. You right, know. right. Um, unless it's a unicorn. Unless it's a unicorn. Now we're into that floor breaking stuff. All right. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, it could be a bog unicorn. Bog unicorn. That would uh. Yeah, I could make that work in lore. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever I have to do to stretch it to get my unicorn, right? Yeah. All right. Um, actually, is this the one? Okay. You have confirmed that all content prior to and including 1.6 will be included in the base version of Tamriel Unlimited. This means that Craglorn and everything it contains will not be DLC. But using this zone as an example for your downstream content philosophy... Would it be likely for players to purchase a zone like Craglorn, including cr- Trials, Dungeons, Quest, and Dragonstar Arena as a single DLC, or will you split it, the content up, or will the content be split up and uh, done in smaller segments? 
Most likely the former, but I think player demand will drive how we deliver content in the future. Okay. Um, obviously, uh, let's go the reverse order. Sunny, what, what do you feel about that answer? I feel like they're setting us up for something here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I mean, do, do you get what I'm saying? I, I know what you're saying. I've, I they're already I've... blaming us for their new decisions. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, Stelding, is your thoughts? Do you agree with that? Um, as I say, it sounds a bit shady to me. You're like, oh, well, it all depends how the consumer wants it, really. <laughs> Does it? Is it us? Is it, if you start selling us three, the zone in three parts, that's really what we wanted, was it? Um, for the same for the same price as what should be in one DLC, they charge it three times. Um, exactly. On the other hand, you know, if they say what they're trying to say, and it's actually, well, we could have given you Craglon, it would have cost you $15. Actually, we're going to give you part of Craglong, and it's five dollars. And then, when we're ready, we'll bring up the next part for another five, and then another five after that. You know, that's fine. If they're going to split it, and the price is going to be equally split with it, I got no issue with that. If they want to bring content out a bit quicker, but not they start charging me fifteen dollars three times for what should have been one one download. Right. Face. Right. I, I kind of feel like they would split it up, but the, instead of doing it even, it would be like pay five dollars for this. So, but this is this is a raid. This is seven dollars. Oh, these are some quests. This is five dollars again. I, and I, I most games that do things like this, they do split them up into into multiple DLCs. So you have different parts that you have to get to to get the the, the whole collection, so to speak. And if this game is going the same route that other games have gone, mm-hmm. they will definitely split it up into smaller segments. Right. I agree with uh, Steldian on this one. Like, I see, I see what they're going to do. Uh, the single player Elder Scrolls people who are going to want trials, you know, if they do come out with trials, we'll just say they split up Craglord. I'm not. I don't plan on raiding with twelve other people. Say, you know, I'm not going to buy that DLC or. I just like questing. I don't really want to do four-man dungeons. I'm not going to buy that dungeon. Right. Again, I'm fine with it as long as what Stelton says. And here's the thing. We're going to have to keep track of this based on what content they release. Um, because, you know, it, like you said, if it's $15 for the whole thing or you can buy each one individually for 5 it's the same price. I don't care. But if, you know, if we see they do a zone for $15 that has all those things and then three months down the road they do a zone that they split up and they don't have an option to buy all at once and it comes out to be like $17, you can see they're trying to make a little bit of bank. Face looks like you had something you wanted to say. I didn't think of it that way. That's that's I, actually smart, but it sucks for us, but it's it, it smart does. for them. But I can yeah. see what, as they say, they blame us for it already, but I can see them doing that already because there's certain people who do not do the dungeons. But as, as a player, why wouldn't you want to own everything? At least that's right. my philosophy. Right. I, I would want to own it all anyway because there's always a chance that you're going to want to try that or there, try There this. are some pretty stubborn people out there. There are. are. Yeah, and, that you is know, how I play. Sort everything else. This is true, but there's also the the idea of I play this game, but maybe they're not as quote unquote in love with it as we are. Maybe they're like I I really don't want to. I have no plan on rating. I don't have any time for rating. I'm not going to do it. You know, and right. they are not a completionist type. They're like, why spend the extra seven fifty or five dollars since I already threw the seven fifty in there? You know, why spend the extra money when to me it's not worth it? Because I will never do it. I'm a collection like junkie, so I would buy everything. I do that constantly. 
uh, other games with that has collections. I go crazy over that kind of stuff. I like collecting, but that's my personality. Some people don't care. I remember playing uh, World of Warcraft where people were like a mount would drop, like a super rare mount or something like that, and they wouldn't even roll it. Like, I don't care. I have one that flies. I don't care what it looks like. And I know that was my face as well. That like, what? This mount that drops like 1% of the time? That would kill me. I had a guy who gave it away. He won it. He's like, I don't want it. Here, you take it. It's like, (gasps) yeah, but some people don't care. Like, they literally are like, I have the fastest mount possible. I don't care. Well, and then... If you're, you know, hanging with a group, let's say you, you know, met, you know, a new group or something and they want to go do one of these and you don't want to be the poor, poor, poor kid on the block and you didn't buy it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you never <laughs> you know? know. Someone's I like, mean, Hey, I want to go do that DSA. Yeah. Oh, give so, me five minutes while I log into the website and buy it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was going to say, you don't really have to log in there, do you? Just That's click on true. the count, don't click. So, you know, presumably the patches will still update anyway fully so you'll have all the content available on your computer you just can't Uh, access it if you have the crowns any good any good developer will make sure they integrate it well with your credit card or paypal to limit the amount of clicks you need to do because for each click they add that's you thinking do i really need this yeah it's true the more clicks you have to do the more likely is you'll buy it if i have to go through a whole like Okay, there's my shipping address. Here's my full name. My oh, what's the CSV code on the back? I'll probably go by the time I get near the end. I really don't want this anyway. But yeah. if I can add it all into my account where it's just like click by here, are you sure? Yes. Well, you wouldn't do that, but a sane person might read everything. <laughs> yeah, honestly, that's that's why it's, I'm it's, probably it's, saying it's... subbed is just for that reason because I can't be bothered to. Oh, I'm gonna buy this now. What's coming out? It's like, yes, yeah, so they just give it to me, and I'll just play it until I stop playing the game. It's fine. It's actually yeah. not me just alone. me though. It is an actual known statistic in marketing that when they when they do their website design, they say you have to make it as streamlined as possible. Why do you think Amazon lets you do that? Where it's literally add to cart, checkout, yeah. and once you fill everything in, select your shipping and go, and it just does everything for you. They That's want you to no time for second thoughts. Yeah, no second thoughts. Just buy. So, Done that plenty of times. Yeah, me keep that thing turned off. Always make me. Always ask me a ten times. <laughs> At my Amazon account for my work account, I can I can add things to my cart and be checked out in less than twenty seconds. Yeah, if have I have to order something from another site, it takes me longer because I have to pull out the cart. I have to fill in all the information. Yep. To the point I'll even pay a little bit more at Amazon just because I can't be bothered to go around <laughs> filling all my details out. It's like, you know what? I'll just pay the extra 30p or whatever. Here's a blank yeah. check with my name on it. Just <laughs> fill in a blank amount and then just give me whatever it is that you know, you've know you taken from me. All right. <laughs> moving on to the next question. Will new game systems... Uh, will new game systems... I don't know why they have an R in there. Be provided for free to all players. For example, will Tamriel Unlimited accounts automatically have access to the justice system when it's available? Or will participating in the justice system mechanics be gated by DLC? Additionally, there have been a number of hints about additional skill lines we may see in the game in the future. For example, Thieves Guild of Dark Brotherhood. Will access to these skills or skill lines be uh, gated using the uh, DLC concept? At this time, our goal is to keep updating the core game with new systems. Many systems will likely be included as free updates to the base game. All right, I'm going to mix it up. And Astellian. Good, sir. Uh, right, yeah. Um, not much to say that. It seems fair enough. 
you know that skill lines will come out and be mm -hmm. DLC. You're not going to get every skill line as a free system update. Actual core mechanics that they need everything to be running the same, they will. But availability to skills, that's going to be DLC stuff. Thieves Guild or whatever, okay. if you want the nice little skills that come along. And I know people complain, oh, it must be pay to win already. To be fair, even back when I played EverQuest 1 with my sub fee, a new expansion comes out, new zones, new spells come out. But you couldn't get the spells if you didn't have the new expansion. So sometimes buy to pay or free to pay gets accredited for things negatively which isn't really fair because they've been doing it all along just with a different name expansion rather than dlc okay these uh, i'm just so angry with this concept oh my gosh <laughs> I, I hate when games like buy to play is better than free to play but not when i i think this was terrible I, I still do to this day, so I, I know what you feel. <laughs> Good, because I'm yeah. so frustrated. I don't even feel like I have an opinion on this at the moment. Like, you don't. As, as much, I, I would love for them to be included, because things like this that, that do affect like the, like the game's core, I, I feel like they should be free updates. Okay. They, they, they really should, because it's affecting the game as as a whole. But... With Esteldian, with what he said, you know they're going to make you pay for it. Or they'll give you three of the skills, and like the, the rest of them you have to buy the DLC to, to get, and those ones that you have to buy will be the better ones. Because mm -hmm. that's just how it is. But this, with this whole concept, it just makes me think that people are greedy, and it makes me sad when I think about it that way, coming from one of my favorite games. And yeah. Sunny, your thoughts? Um, let's see, where where it says many systems will likely be included mm -hmm. as free updates. <clears throat> well, obviously to me, the many systems that will be free would be the consoles because you're already paying for the PlayStation Network for the, you know, to be able to do well, the... Well, I think with systems that they're talking about here is things that, like, Justice System would be considered a system uh, on its own. I gotcha. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I agree with these, um... Yeah, ditto. Um, okay. You know, I still love it, and I will continue to, you know, play the game. I mean, it's Elder Scrolls. How can you not? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're gonna, we're gonna do it. They know we are. We're we're pigeonholed. I mean, I I got admit, I don't mind them doing it too. I know you guys are all against it, but <laughs> I think the main reason I'm against it is it was just a promise that was made in the beginning. Well, it's just the way a broken. I... Yeah, but the way I see it is if you are a sub-player, you aren't getting screwed by these things. So in a way, I know they haven't kept their promise, but as a sub-player, you're getting it all anyway. So it's actually just the freeloaders who've got to worry about what they're paying for and what they're not paying for. And the more stuff they make out of the downloadable content, the less likely it is to find the load of crap start turning up in the cash shop, which no one wants turning up, and the less chance of shoddy content coming out because they're making enough money with the decent stuff. I mean, it might still end up going to all down down the drain but i'd rather they gave it a chance by making decent money from decent content than just trying to nickel and dime us with load of nonsense on the cash shop okay mm -hmm. and he does make a great point those yeah. of us who will stay subscribers this really doesn't apply yeah to leave it to the feelers to worry about what right. part of their nickel and dime not our problem as long as we're not suddenly down time to pay for these extra things as well as our sub that's when it comes a problem right I, and i just don't want the you know little 13 year old kids trolling around <laughs> <laughs> that's you know, and that's what happened. Oh, I, let's just hope that doesn't happen. Right, 
That's that is the hope. Um, I do not believe that this will be any of these will be released as DLC. Uh, like these, if it's a skill line, it'll be added as part of the base game. Even if, quote unquote, the 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 thieves like if they release thieves guild and dark brotherhood they will release it for the one to 50 like i know they'll retroactively go back and do it because if they block it by dlc like that is pay to win because you can't get skills that other people have it's pay to win oh yeah yeah that's especially not so much in pve some people may be like you can't come with our dungeon unless you have x skill okay great but pvp would be people would be flaming that like crazy uh, right i do believe like if they come out with thieves guild they'll be like yeah here's the thieves guild stuff it's dlc you get the skill line <laughs> nah. but you don't get to do any of the quests like you can advance it by stealing and stuff that you've already been doing you know killing people but you don't get to do any of the quests so you don't get any of the special whatevers you don't get the titles you don't get what whatever the case you don't get the armor you know whatever the case may be I don't. I think the skill line will be available, but you have to very manually grind it up. They may provide a way of enticing you to buy the DLC by going. You do realize if you do the quest, the quests give you like a level up every time you do it, so you don't even have to go out and actually use it to level it up. But if you right. don't buy it, you're gonna have to go out there and grind on rats for the next ten years. Right. You know? <laughs> That's something they do. Some people do that. It's a way of going. Yeah, you have the skill line. But you're going to have to grind. In, you'll have to go to Spell Scar for the next three years in order to get it maxed out. Or if you bought the DLC and just follow the storyline, by the time you're done with it, you're maxed out. Now, that's a slippery slope I don't like. That's what I'm afraid of cash shops saying. Suddenly the content becomes very grindy and crappy because they want you to buy stuff instead. Well, yeah. that generally is what happens. I mean, in, in any game, there's uh, the one game that I, you know, that is buy to play that I do like. Uh, Guild Wars Two offers crafting boost and, and experience boost stuff you don't really need. I don't mind boosts. I actually don't have an issue with that. But Lord of the Rings is a perfect example where you could buy some of the legendary stuff from the cash shop. Yeah. And the argument was it's not pay to win because you can grind it. It's just a really boring grind. So why not buy it? Right. It's like well, there's the problem. They put in content that's deliberately crap to make you go and buy this instead <laughs> and that's that's where i think is, is a dodgy line to start going down where you actually make poor content so you can sell stuff the uh yeah they they do that as well where um it, it guild wars 2 which is a buy to play does that with when they release special content like if you do it when the content's live because it's only av- available for a week you have a fairly good chance of getting a drop for like a weapon ticket to buy a weapon skin that's great they don't take the weapon away, though. They hide it in their black lion chest, which require you to get a key. Yeah, the keys are available in-game. Every time you make a character and you do the story dungeons, every 10 levels or so, you get a key like at 1, at 50, at 60, whatever. You get a couple of them. But, yeah, some people grind that out. Like, they just run. So you can either grind characters, do the story, get the keys, delete them, and start over, or you could buy them for 5 bucks, And yeah. then open the chest and hope you get the, the weapon ticket to get the weapon skin that is what buy to play do it's an offer like yeah you can do this but each key run takes you 25 30 minutes to do you know you only get one key and it's a one percent chance you'll get it out of the box or you can just buy 20 of them for five bucks and maybe you'll get if i have to deal with those damn chests where you'd need to buy keys from that's <laughs> me out. right I, I cannot stand that and Dude, i know I I the had chest it, too. it's just like seriously oh because yeah, I, I want to open them. I know it's crap inside them, 
but I've got this box and I'm there's gonna a open chance. the damn thing. There's a chance, like a one percent chance of something really good, but you know, ninety percent of the time, you're just gonna get like a boost. It doesn't even like, matter if hundred percent of the time it was crap. I'm just too nosy to leave this damn box <laughs> sitting in my inventory that I need to open. Nice. Nice. Oh my gosh. So true too. That is funny. I, I like it. Yeah. Alright. Um there are a number of potentially controversial possibilities, yeah, what we just talked about, for cash shop purchases including forward camps, Nurncrux, crafting motifs, or upgrade materials. What are some of the main concerns and internal rules that you will consider when choosing what types of items will or will not be allowed in the shop? Before you read that answer. We pretty much just said that. Like, it's available in the game, but for right. five bucks can you buy it? Go ahead, Dave. Obviously, we want to offer items people want and that there is a demand for. What yep. we don't want to do is only offer the best items, items which grant players clear numerical advantages over other players on our store. When we talk about convenience items, what we generally mean is items which allow players, which allow people to reduce the time it might take to acquire <laughs> something they want. I think cosmetic items speak for themselves. We know there is a fine line, but there is also a line where we feel like if you buy something from the store, it should have value. Well. <sighs> yeah. Um, Estelden. What do you think? Uh, yeah, well, the, the fine line is exactly what I'm talking about. I don't mind that you can buy things to avoid the tedium of doing something. You know, you, you can get level 1 to 50. You can buy some experience potions to speed that up. i got no problem with that. Just don't start making deliberately designing content that's crap just so people go and buy it instead. I mean, I don't even mind the idea. I know a lot of people hate it. But if motifs are on the crown store, well, at the end of the day, it's essentially fluff that you can make. It, it makes no difference whatsoever to your actual character. You're not more powerful because you're wearing red guard outfit. Sure. It makes no difference. So why is that any big difference from, compared to, say, selling every type of costume out there? To me, it's arguably the same. And, you know, yes, that's cutting short a bit of a grind. But, but that's the kind of grind some people like. People like sort of running around, trying to find the motif, the excitement of finding it. Yeah, um, this guy right here, that's all I've been doing for the past, like, exactly. two months. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, some don't, they buy it, that's fine. As I say, the minute you're starting to talk about, ah, well, let's get rid of the uh, the grind for that epic weapon and actually sell these parts on the crown store so that you can avoid that, that's gone too far. That, that's where you, they cross the line, where they're selling actual gear parts. Right. Which, and, it, and worse, you know, if, 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 for example, I've got to go through a dungeon, it's a really hard dungeon, and that's where the item is, and then they wanted to sell it on the crown store. That would annoy me because that's... A, just selling something that's very good on the store but bizarrely it would annoy me less than if they said here's a really crap long grind to get this item or now you can buy it because me i'd go through the hard dungeon and get the gear anyway the minute you tell me i've got to do 100 hours of really boring grinding stuff suddenly i'm eyeing up that crown store and i'm not happy about that at all right right absolutely that's and that's the thing that most of the time these these uh the the buy to play games do they do offer things in game but they make it so grindy that the choice is if you don't enjoy the grind because some people do and they don't mind they'll grind for hours in order to get stuff you know it's a perfect example like uh again i'm gonna pull up guild wars 2 again because it's the best buy to play one that i've ever had and it started out that way so i don't mind it so much uh mini pets are a big thing but they you can only get them in the store but you can sell them for cash you can you can you can even turn in gold and buy 
quote-unquote crowns they call them gems in that game with your in-game gold this game doesn't offer that but the amount of grinding that you have to do she'd be fine grinding gold for hours so she could buy get buy the gems to buy the mini pet off the store or, or if it's cheaper buy it off the uh the trading post i on the other hand after about five minutes am bored out of my mind of grinding for stuff and i look at it going can i afford five bucks on my credit card that's you know i agree that's where the problem is and if it's a fluff item then you know yeah then it's my fault for doing that but when it becomes a uh, an item like like you said that gives you a um an advantage that's an issue say the, the undaunted helmets if you start setting yeah. them on the uh on the oh yeah well, yeah that would down. be yeah, that would be awful because yeah you could do the dungeons but you have to hope you get the right one etc or you could buy it for five bucks with the perfect uh you know the perfect trait now here's a question and i wanted to ask you this they do have convenience items on there so far which are potions which are you know are actually fairly decent they may not be the best in slot potions for what you need but they are really good and they have um soul gems on the store what do you what do you feel <laughs> cubes you really had to bring up cubes. I had to bring up cubes because I think out of everybody here, I'm the only person who plays free-to-play games. Cubes. Yeah, that's fun. You know what? The image for uh, this episode is going to be the SpongeBob cube thing. Oh, it has to? It's okay. going to All be. Right. Are we going to explain to them what it is? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Explain to them what it is. I, I the, the reason this bothers me so much, I'll, I'll start with this, is because I play MapleStory. MapleStory is a completely free-to-play game. And the reason buy I love the, it so a, much... It's a buy-to-win game. The reason I love it so much is because every single content update, uh, everything that that game is, they give it to you for free. When you play this game and you download the base game, everything is for free. But you can buy cosmetic items, you can buy things to upgrade your gear, they have, they have tons of things that make it easier. And one of the things to upgrade your gear is called cubes. You have to buy cubes in the cash shop to get these special enchantments on, on all your gear. To get the really good enchantments, you need to spend lots of money for lots of cubes. Because it's completely random what your outcome is going to be. And there's a great a SpongeBob picture of, of Patrick talking about it. it's just one little piece of equipment. How many cubes do you really need? You need about five hundred dollars worth of cubes. <laughs> so that you get exactly what you want. Yes. You're not based on the RNG engine. Yeah. All right. So that was the story of that, and it's funny because it's something that happens when you start bringing cash shops into games. How do you feel, Estellian, about the, the gems and the potions? Do you feel like that's something that's kind of crossing the line? Because it's not really cosmetic. Uh, no, again, I don't actually mind that stuff either because they are weak. You know, I mean, seriously, I've got 336 soul gems right now. It's like, why would I buy a bunch more? How many times must I be dying that I actually need to look at the crown store to buy some gems? Well, for the those who didn't game. watch, you know, before the stream fell, you died quite a few times. <laughs> Exactly, <laughs> and I still have 336. <laughs> so I got loads of soul gems. Um, these are sort of items for convenience. I mean, in fact, to be honest, I'd say these items are probably best for the PvPers because you know, getting potions and soul gems tends to be an out of PvP thing. You don't want to do that sort of stuff. You don't want to waste your time. At the moment, there's not really anything down downloadable content, fluff items. Most PvPers don't care about any of that stuff. Whereas soul gems, potions, that's kind of handy stuff for PvP just to go ahead and buy. Again, I wouldn't bother because I do the PvE side, so I've got proper potions which give me all my stats. I've got 
loads of soul gems because I've run dungeons. So it's no good for me, and I've got no problem buying it. I don't know why you're wasting money on it, but whatever. But PvP is, I can see why it's actually quite handy. You know, you're already PvP. You don't want to go to the PvE world for a whole week just to grind out and get boring stuff, which isn't your play style, because that's what I consider it as. It's very much a let's let's help the PvPers just get on with what they want to do, albeit with real money. <laughs> nice. Okay. Uh we're gonna move on to the next question. Will the cash shop offer account services and conveniences like character slots? And before I even do this, Thais is over here like doing like the fist in the air, you know, happy dance. Character slots, race changes, alliance changes, or appearance changes. We get this question often and are definitely aware of the community interest in such services. The Crown Store doesn't have those services at this time, but those are certainly something that could be added in the future. Thais, go ahead. Yay! They need to add this. <laughs> if they're going to have this store, they have to make this a possibility. Maybe not character slots. I can see why they're going with the number that they have. That, that, that makes sense. Maybe not alliance changes. Why would you really need to change your alliance? Not sure. But race changes? Oh, definitely. <laughs> I need to be an Argonian. That's the first thing that they need to add. Is, is First thing your yes. crowns are going to? Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> well, a Gwar mount and then a race change. Okay. <laughs> Sunny, how about you? What, do you? what do you feel about these kind of services? Um, well, like the gems, I, I'm fine with that. Um, race changes, love it. But I think I think these kind of changes are, are relevant. Okay. I'm, I'm good with those. You know, just it's, it's the other stuff I think I'm more having an issue with. Right. I'm going to say before Stella, I'm going to go first. <laughs> um, these have always been something that I was fine with because they've always been paid services. Uh, I mean, Warcraft was sort of the first one that I know of that offered this kind of thing to allow you to change your race, your faction, I don't care if you want to spend the money to change your faction or your race. I don't care as long right. as it's a paid service. Uh, Steldon, Steldian. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, I'm fine with most of it. I don't really care if you want to change their race. As I say, you know, you make a bad choice. You decide you want to change it later on, better than rolling another character. I'd like to see him sell. You know, I know some people might say, but bank slots and stuff. <laughs> That's just convenience items and. You know, yeah. to, to let you extend its max, it's not really affecting it. But for pack rats, it's like, yeah, I can keep more stuff. If I'm, I'm almost maxed out on both my e banking exactly. Character. Um, no, I mean like physically, I spent the money. I have like 220 bank slots. Yeah, wow, <laughs> I've spent like almost half a million gold. <laughs> Those horses are loaded down. I will not be happy with if it comes in the cash store. Its appearance change. You. Bastards have been talking about that for a long time. Don't suddenly make it a crown store item. This was something you talked about. Yeah, we'll probably put something in games. You can change your hairstyles oh, and stuff. Yeah. If you change that as a crown thing. store, yeah. like cheeky sods. Like a full cosmetic makeover kit. That's, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. the only thing I won't be happy with because that should be in-game. Uh, I agree. Because right. uh, they already did it in Skyrim with the face sculptor. Like It should right. be someone you can visit and pay gold to change at least your face and stuff. Uh, Guild Wars 2, though. the barbershop. Yeah, yeah, and what Warcraft had the barber shop, but Guild Wars Two made it a cash shop item, and that's what I fear was going to happen. Yeah, being able to change your hairstyle or some facial features in game, totally okay with that. Right. If they want to make it so that you have to pay to get special hairstyles, or you want to change your height, your weight, things like that specific, then that that. I'm okay with that being they can, a paid They service. can sell unique hairstyles if they want. They want to put some funky th things on there. That's fine. <laughs> Please don't. Um, 
Yeah, no, nothing but, stupid. I don't want stupid hair. You don't want anime but the hair. Thing is, like, if I yeah. buy that hairstyle, I want to own it. I don't want it to be a one-time change. So I want to go pay 300, 300 crowns, buy this hairstyle, put it in my backpack, and be able to use it again whenever well, I want. It would be a collectible item is what they should do. Collectible item. All your accounts can use it. All, all your characters can use that Exactly. Hairstyle. Like a shared backpack. And then you could, do it, you could stitch it with the stats that you want with in-game gold. That works out really well. I, I've, I've done that, and that works out really well. It's worth noting that as well, because that's one thing you can give them credit for, is that the things you buy in the crown store, going, but that go in your collectibles, is available on all your characters. So they're not forcing you to buy the stuff again and again. And if they did put special hairstyles or whatever, and that took the same principle, I, I would be fine with that as well. Before you know it otherwise, the crown store has changed your appearance. You buy a race change potion. You don't get to customize how you, you look. It just bases it on the presets you had in your original race. And then you've got to go and play, buy another one to be able to change your appearance, because you look like an idiot in your new race. <laughs> right. That's a good point. Right on. All right, I'm going to read these next two questions. I think the next two, I'm just going to kind of stop and ask if anyone has a uh, uh, opinion on them because these two are kind of self-explanatory. <laughs> uh, will ESO accounts be platform-specific or will it be a shared account system when consoles launch? Will account entitlements or DLC unlocks be shared for players who want to play on multiple platforms? ESO accounts for PC, Mac, and consoles, PS4, and Xbox One, are indeed platform-specific, as are everything tied to the accounts such as DLC and entitlements. Um, anyone have anything they want to say about that one? No issue at all. Yeah. Yeah, no. I sort of, even from the very beginning, they were always saying, these are going to be separate. Like, this is what is going to happen. Like, there's not going to be, yeah, this is nothing new. Yeah, we knew what we were games, getting into. Essentially. Yeah, th this is really not a change. I think they just kind of wanted to bring it up because of how buy-to-play is going to change, you know, everything about it. ESO accounts for PC, Mac, and... Oh, that's you. Does a console launch uh, affect the timing of maintenance, patches, and content updates for PC players? Will the release of new DLC be simultaneous or staggered across all the platforms? We've worked very hard to internally unify our, our code. That doesn't mean a lot to the outside world, but it makes it possible for there to be parity of features across platforms. Though some special code has to, exist, has to exist for each platform. That said, Xbox One and PlayStation 4 have specific submission processes they go through, and their hardware is unique. We'll try to have DLC and releases be as close to one another as possible. Any? Nope. No. 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 Okay. That's fine. It'll yeah. be us first anyway. We're the testers. We're the, yeah, yeah. We're the beta <laughs> testers. We'll get, we'll get yeah. it first. <laughs> the year old beta testers, right? Um, yeah. yeah. No. It's it, obviously again something that was kind of based on if you've done any kind of, um, you know, it, there hasn't been a lot, but I think the only game that really does good with these things does final fantasy 14 have separate launch days for patches no nope. okay. i don't believe so but they, they can't because obviously the servers are the same playstation 4 this plays, is true plays with the pc so you couldn't the, get away with it on that anyway right and I, I i assume square enix probably has you know they're both japanese companies so right. yeah the, the, the playstation i think they probably have a little they get they give the updates out fairly you know now they're fairly I should say they're quicker with updates, but they're not as quick as like Elder Scrolls was. But I feel like it's because they finish the updates 
long before, like, they, they're like, it's done, it's ready for release, but then they send it to PlayStation to verify, and they wait for that process to announce it. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, they're yeah, they, completely they, done, but then they sit on their thumbs and go, guys, might as well stay home for the next two weeks while we wait for PlayStation to say our patch is good. Right. Yeah, I would imagine that's how it's going to work. Except yeah. here, we'll probably get the patch because there's no need to wait for the PC. Right, we are all separate, yeah. And then if right. anything goes wrong, they can then try and fix it by the time console ones are ready. <laughs> by the time <laughs> they, they can just send a little note to Microsoft, hey, it didn't work, PC players yeah. are broken, so, you know. Yeah, ignore what we sent you last week, <laughs> try this. They're going to, we're not even going to have a PTS anymore, the, the, the PC version will just be the PTS. <laughs> that's what I'm calling right now. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, are there any ideas? Okay, I don't, even before I read this question, no, ESO does not care about PvP. Are there any ideas for future paid content that is designed specifically to engage the PvP community? Most of the DLC packs that have already been confirmed seem mostly geared towards explorers and PvEers. Will Imperial City be paid DLC expansion, or will it be part of Tamriel Unlimited? We have plans for future PvP content. They lie. Whether that is content that is paid for or delivered to the game in a free update is undetermined at this time. They lie. That's my opinion. They just yeah. don't care. <laughs> Sonny, how about you? <laughs> I agree. <laughs> they, they lie. Ditto. Ditto. Nah, they don't lie. They, they, don't have a clue. they don't have a clue what to do. That's the problem. Imperial it's, City was not... It's not even real. No one's been working on it. All the stuff they showed us was just a lie. It's I an think illusion. PvP is just a beast. They've just lost control of. They don't know what to do with it. So they're kind of struggling to work out where I, to go gosh, for it. I agree. <laughs> I feel like the decision to go... Buy to play, free to play, whatever it is. Whatever your accepted vernacular for this is... I feel like it was rushed. So now that they're they're stuck, like that they do have this, but they don't really know what, when when to put it out. Like they're just they're there's still so much that just, they're they're going. What do we do now? Yeah, you know I'm gonna have to disagree with you on this one, and this is why. I saw on several sites that data mine the client. You know all the pets and stuff they have in in the the shop now. They were data mined months ago. Oh. Like at launch, the dog pets and stuff were at launch. Like I went through the databases and I found, you know, found the 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 texture files and everything and I'm sitting there going cuz at one point in time somebody had even done this on Reddit where they went through and data mined all the pets available in the game and posted on Reddit how you could get them. Most of them were either you bought them through the Bethesda store with a physical item and then there were a whole bunch of other ones that were using the same code as trophy but were marked as unknown, unknown. You know what? I think we're going to have to jump on Sonny's bandwagon here then. They lied to us. <laughs> How dare they? I I feel like this was built in. The more I think about it, I feel like this really was built in. It feels so cu- it's so cushioned. It's to be just fair, cushion. to be fair, things like pets and stuff, you could have thought to yourself, you know what? We're going to sell these at some point regardless. Why not? They yeah, you know, wow th- this anyway, is true. So. This is so, true. Know, They've done that so far. Between between loyalty and all sorts of things, well, we're going we're to need pets because people for some reason love pets. So let's get a ridiculous amount of them ready. We can do them loyalties or hell, we can put one because they already had the Imperial little store anyway. Right. Uh, people wouldn't have had a problem buying it. This game was still subbed and they said, hey, by the way, if you want to buy these pets, go ahead and spend some real money on them. Yeah. Or, of course, or more plushies. You know, there's, there's all sorts of ways they can milk the pets for anyway. So I wouldn't necessarily let says that means they were going buy to pay. I mean, I'm sure they always had a backup plan for sure. buy to pay because the minute they were in, in discussions with Xbox or Microsoft, they must have known uh-huh. if it goes wrong, they're going to need to go buy to pay. <laughs> so 
Now, and I agree with you there. And you know, you make a valid argument. I I will concede that one to you. Um, now, here's the thing that uh, I'm gonna throw in here. Would you say about the PvP being a beast that they don't know what to deal with? How do you encourage PvPers to buy anything? All they care about smashing face. Like, uh, well, like you said with the Imperial City. I honestly feel like the Imperial City will not be a PvP item. Yes, it'll be in the PvP zone, but what are people going to do? They're going to go to their buff campaigns to do um, Imperial City, and it's locked out to the other factions. Uh, I don't know. I, I think Imperial City will be... I mean. For the buff campaign, people, the PVEers will want the buff campaigns. So they can go hang around there and PLC mm-hmm. and do their stuff. But the PVP, I reckon, that'll be quite popular if it ever comes out, which it will, because it's not. The reality is, it's like you say, what do you give PVPers? It's a hard question to ask, but well, there's that's, a, all, there's that's an untapped market of money, right I, there. So I, they, they will focus on PVP at some point. <laughs> there's one MMO. I didn't mean to interrupt you there. I do apologize. Uh, but there's one MMO that I play where you pay. It's like three bucks to play your, for to do a depends on the level of pvp that you're playing um but you sign up for it and you don't have to be subbed to pvp and um you get you get a lot of rewards in game um whether you win or not and you can do the you know up to four versus four on that one but you know and um it's just something that you can do on the side it's another way for the game to make money so you can pay to pvp so i mean it seems like they really could go that way, and that one wouldn't upset me to charge for PvP. But and then there's free PvP inside this game. I'm speaking of as well, but just saying it would be a good way to clean it up. All right. Um, also, buff I have... campaigns won't be around forever. Just so you know. <laughs> In fact, <laughs> I, uh, on, yeah. on EU, our buff campaign no longer exists. Really? Yeah, that's I've impressive. I've been on my well, buff on. It's gone now. The buggers have come in and taken it off and so now there's a full fight going on my previously nice buff <laughs> campaign see so. you see the conspiracy see it see the pattern they're going to charge for it yeah <laughs> um here's a random thing that i just kind of want to throw it's not even part of this question but because we brought this up on we'll make what encourages pvpers to sign up for eso plus because in reality if they're only in there for cyrodiil that's already there what do they care would you guys be opposed to um priority Q status for ESO plus subscribers for Cyrodiil. Is Belian opposed? No. Not opposed? No. I don't think it's gonna be necessary as such. Um there's no one PvPs. Well, no, well I reckon once once the buy to pay happens, that's one of these the buff campaigns will go because all the campaigns will get filled with a lot of extra people. Because like I said, Cyrodiil is a free market. You don't have to be in the plus, you don't have to worry about DLCs, you just go in there and play. Sure. So Every fill. Uh, priority queuing, I don't see why that would be a problem. Um, as I say, probably not necessarily because they, they, they must be racking their brains because, like I said, the PvP is an untapped market of money. There's a lot of people doing it. So they, as long as they get clever and think of something, they'll be able to make their money. Queuing is a good way to start, I guess. Priority queues while they wait on something better to give PvPers to make them sub. Bonus AP points, but most real PvPers don't care because they've got loads. It's a tricky one. So queues would be a good start. That's an easy win. Yeah, I agree. That would be a good way to start. Okay. All right. Um, see, I don't, I don't know. I feel like that would be a way of, like you said, maybe it'd go away. Maybe it wouldn't need. But, like, I feel like uh, the ESO Plus subscription, if you're only PvPing and that's all you care about, why would you sub? I mean, yeah. really, why would you sub? Because yes, that's the problem. 
you're, yeah. you don't care about you're not caring about renting the DLC because you're not going to do it anyway. Because exactly. even as what they said is most of it is geared towards PVE. What encourages PVPers to want to do ESO plus? That's why you know it, it in these other games I'm speaking of. You know they charge just per round. They make it a fair amount where you want to play it and you want it and you want to pay it in crowns. You know, so I mean it's just so it, I don't know. I, I think it would be a good fair way to charge, or to do it rather, is to charge. The reality is, if they do that, though, the Fire King, what happens is Thornblade and Azura Star becomes the ESO Plus owners' campaigns. Sure. They get filled and they're queued, so obviously they're the ones who have the priority queues, so they'll go that. And those who are free to play will just use some of the quieter campaigns, and that's how they'll get filled up. So it kind of works every way, really. So, yeah, it's all right. good to start, start charging, make some nice. money if they want. Right. All right. Uh, for both future and existing PvE content, will you consider tuning difficulty differently for different game platforms? Because, you know, PC Master Race. If not, how will you account for differences in technology, interface, and the availability of add-ons when balancing bosses and other challenges to provide an appropriate challenge for both console and PC players? Oh, that's a tough question. We'll know a lot more when we get into beta testing on the platforms, but our in-house console testers have been doing well with the controllers. A lot of the more recent trial testing is specifically on controllers and balance. Sunny, thoughts? Well, I mean, you know, I I love consoles, and I'm a PlayStation 4. You know, I love it. Um, PC Master Race, it's obviously it's going to be harder. I, I don't know. How do you balance this? How, what do you do? What, what, what is the answer? I, what do they do on other systems? I haven't thought about this. <laughs> so, you know? Well, the only uh, the only MMO that I really know that is cross-platform is Final Fantasy, and that doesn't even allow add-ons. So No, it doesn't. Which uh, I love that game, by the way. I love that it doesn't have add-ons, because <sighs> it's, it's just pure. Now, <laughs> here's something I wanted to mention. and The people who've been downing uh, Serpent Trial, they came out with a specific add-on for the final boss's attacks that have been allowing people to finish that um, finish that boss more easily because before people just ram their heads against it. This is a good area where add-on developers found a way around helping um, or, or beating this difficult challenge. Console players won't have it. Esteldine, do you think this will... Uh, cause nerfs on the xbox uh, ps4 side or do you think they'll just nerf everything to make it easier across the board i don't think there's any need to whatsoever they're separate platforms so just keep it as it's not like they're competing with times on the pc they're sure. not there's, there's no relation at all at the end of the day this game add-ons aside this game is pretty darn easy to play on a controller compared to say final fantasy 14 which is a lot more buttons to press so mm-hmm. yes and add-ons i mean the, the bigger question is: Should um, should should Zoss be looking at taking away the add-on ability to do whatever they've done with this? Don't you say those dirty words? <laughs> you know, because I, 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 I'm an add-on fan. I've got 35, <laughs> 40 add-ons on my machine. It's just to play the game, but most of it's just because I think the UI in this game is a bit poor, <laughs> terrible. But, but I, I, you know, all mine, are, you know, so I can see my DPS, so I know if I'm messing up my rotation or not, right? And various other things, but. I, I do draw the line. I know WoW had it big time. I draw the line at things that actually help you with the mechanics. I, I'm not a fan of them, to be honest. I just think that's lazy. 
deadly boss mods when it tells like, you exactly yeah. when things will happen. Now. No, no, like, pay attention. Either have a good raid leader who calls it out because he's paying attention, or just have a good raid team who are paying attention so they know exactly when they need to do what needs to be done. You don't need add-ons for that and just cause this lazy gameplay. Sure. Yeah. All right. No, I, I agree with that. Base, yeah. do you have any... I, I, have a, I have a bunch of things to say. All right, go for it. Roll. <laughs> at, at first, I was going to say that, you know, I, I feel that the console gamers do need it to be dumbed down because the PC is the master race. We have all these other advantages, that, that these all these other techniques that we can take advantage of that makes the game so much more in-depth and different and all these possibilities because we do play on the PC. If you're playing on a console, you obviously don't care as much. But that is just my opinion. But then, with what Esteldian said, it makes sense. They're not competing against us. They don't need to dumb it down if they really don't want to. They'll just, they'll just take a little bit longer. They don't really need all the possibilities, because they're laying in their bed, eating Cheetos, playing on a controller. Hey, you just described my life. <laughs> <laughs> so he's sitting there, like, in her bed with, with the... Uh... With her Cheetos going, wait, when did I get called into this? <laughs> <laughs> it's a glass of wine. It's a glass, glass of wine. Of wine. <laughs> it's a controller. And, you know, it, it works for some people. But I understand. Like, that's 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 how I feel. And it's just, like, the whole the add-on thing, it, it does help. It does. There are still many encounters that are that are just as difficult with add-ons. It just makes it a little bit easier. It makes it easier to see, you know, sometimes... I know in one fight in Final Fantasy, Shiva is all ice. I can't see anything. If there were add-ons, I'd be able to see better, and I'd be able to to. to or if do they did projected better. textures, but you know. Uh, <laughs> 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 I'm just using it as an example. I know, but projected textures. You hear that? I don't know why Square Enix would be listening to this podcast, but maybe that's <laughs> me... good for a general gaming. But you know. But doing them, balancing them differently, I, I, I guess, I guess not. No, it's really not needed. I'm going to have to go with the on this one because they're not competing against us. We are obviously yeah. better. We're just obvious. Yeah. No, they don't need to. They don't need to do with that. Are you saying that's why they split the Olympics and the Special Olympics? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I don't know. Some of I just guys offended that, every one of they, our consoles. Some of those guys, they like run fast. Like. I'm so sorry, but I had to say it. Like all, all the I'm gonna, I'm gonna get so much. Hate. Send all hate mail to a jealous at. <laughs> yeah, leave Sunny out of it. Cause yeah, I'm gonna get lots of hate mail from the the console players. You'll get anonymous hate mail. It'll be from Sunny. It'll, it'll. The, all the console players will get together, send me a letter with a black hand on it. <laughs> Going PS4 is awesome. We know. <laughs> I mean, I, honestly, I do love computer gaming more, though, obviously. But <laughs> I enjoy laying in bed with a glass of wine and Cheetos. <laughs> Who doesn't? Who doesn't? When I'm playing my Donkey Kong game, oh, I totally love it. All right. All right, all right. If, all the, consoles console, if the consoles before... can handle... Sorry. If the consoles can handle playing with in Final Fantasy XIV with PC players, and there's no difficulty change there, I see no reason oh. to do it over oh. here. Arguably, I'm going to say this: the top rating guilds there will not allow console players. Oh, of course not. But the consoles <laughs> can do it. Yeah. You know, it's not like they can't do the content. In which I, case. I agree, they can. But it's just it's funny when you say that because most of the progression guilds do not allow PS4 players. Oh yeah, but most progression guilds are snobs anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I think that's what you got to do to be progression. That, All right, that, we're moving on. That was a fun question. That was I, a fun I, question. That was. That was. 
<laughs> what kind of testing and release schedule are you anticipating for Update 6? Will Update 6 reach live servers prior to launch of Tamriel Unchained in March? Okay. Or Unlimited? No, I said that. Shout out to a podcast, Tamriel Unchained. Are <laughs> those events scheduled to coincide? Update 6 is going to be much like previous updates and testing and release. Yes, Update 6 will reach the live servers before the Tamriel Unlimited launch on March 17th, but it will contain everything needed to seamlessly make the transition. Okay. A any thoughts on that, guys? I think we all sort of assume that. Yeah. yeah. It's got to be two weeks before, at least. <laughs> it's going to be two weeks yeah. before. Well, you know how that people could help with that? By logging on to the PTS and mm. testing. And if, it, if I can do it after downloading it for four days... Most people don't have an excuse. Okay, I'll wait four days that. to download the thing. My promise to you, because I'm going to have to go in a moment, I'm going to start the download before I leave. Okay. All right, then. Um, all right, great. Well, that's the end of our discussion topic. And, uh, Sunny, if you need to drop out at any point, just let me know. That's absolutely fine. We got started if, a wee bit late, so. If, if you guys don't mind, I really do need to go. Yeah, I, that's I apologize um, that I do need to go. But this was wonderful. I, I, I really enjoyed this, and um, I hope you have me you back. You would generally be done by now, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, it, look, I normally, you know, I love I love it. I could sit and do this for hours, so um, I'll, I'll come back anytime you want me. I'm here. All right, great. Well, you have a that's, great night. You too, guys. Thanks. See you, you have later. a wonderful evening. See you later, Selden. Bye, guys. Thanks. Bye. 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 All right. Well, well, with that, we're going to move on to our tales section then. And uh, Steldon, good sir. What? Steldian. Steldian. I, I will get. I told you. I will. I don't know. Um, what have you done in ESO this week? I've done a bit of everything. Well, that's um, awesome. Yes. Yeah, did some raids last week. Mm -hmm. AA Helra and AA again. Um, that's with one of the guilds I'm in, the Elders. Uh, pretty good casual guild. They like to do the raiding, but it's not like speed runs or anything. So it's it's my kind of. Oh, so it's style. not the uh, not the console players aren't allowed to be with us kind of people. No, it's the my god, you don't even have a DPS meter downloaded on your add-ons. But <laughs> hey, whatever, we'll go. Who cares? It's all good. So you know, yeah, we don't do speed runs or anything. But what, you're a damage dealer in heavy armor. Yeah, why not? <laughs> yeah, well, we draw the line somewhere. But uh, yeah, so that that was fun. Um, I was certainly mocking a lot of people in our raid who managed to at least four people in the course of one AA run managed to accidentally roll off the edge of the platform <laughs> and have to run all the way back in from the beginning. So I had a a good laugh at the fact they still use double tap for their roles and said that's the example of why you don't do that. Um, unfortunately, I had to egg on my face when we did Hellra, where I actually ran straight off the edge of the wall. <laughs> Not rolled, just ran off like an idiot. So, right at the combat. It's like, oops. So that's a bit embarrassing, but we still got through it all, so that's all good. Um, yeah, I've also done, obviously, the daily pledges uh, each and every day, mostly. I've, I'm already maxed out, but I've run it with some friends just to just to have a laugh because I enjoy dungeons. So running through them, nothing exciting to say about them really. Uh, PvP wise, I'm still crap. <laughs> I am level ten. I'm slowly getting my way towards getting caltrops. Gotcha. Uh, so, but so I go in there with like five or six of us, and we run around like headless chickens trying to find some action. Um, so it's it's quite funny because we just get on the uh, the mumble. Yeah, that's right, mumble. Not even Skype. I've progressed onto well. Excellent. Yeah, um, and of course, I've been on the test server trying to work out what I want to do with the Templar come 1.6. And right. I do recommend everyone gets on there, not just for testing 
the game to make sure it's not bugs, but actually to test because things are changing big time. You're really you're going to be a bit lost and confused otherwise. Um, I would send a little tip. Obviously, don't blame me if you spend a fortune and it ends up not being true. But currently, if you're a Stamina user, I would strongly recommend getting hold of two pieces of Shadow Walker and four pieces of Morag Tong before the patch comes out, because I reckon that will get very, very expensive, because I think that's the best stuff you can wear. Nice. Nice. So, PSA for people, buy them now while they're cheap. That's right. Right on. Cool. Um, you know, when you when you told your story this, it kind of reminds us of when, what dungeon were we doing? We were doing a veteran dungeon with Kipster and another friend in the guild. I can't remember. It's got the Ash Titan at the end. Oh, oh! You're talking about the one where there's the long bridge to get to that yeah, boss. Yeah, And I decided to walk on the edge of the bridge, and I walked, and I walked, and then, and then I just fell off because <laughs> I walked off the edge twice. <laughs> well, our one damage dealer was a vampire, and this is an Ash Titan or Spire everywhere, and we were just wiping constantly. Like we did the whole dungeon. We were probably in there for four hours, um, and most of it was on the final boss. And it got to the point where we're like, okay, we were trying for the hard mode and everything like that, and we're like, okay, maybe we. Some people are like, maybe we should just get out. And I was like, no, we can do this. And Kipster's like, all right, all right. And um, it was funny because on our best attempt at the final bit, it, it was he was so excited. Like, we got him down. We were like, we're going to get him. We're going to get him. And he walked off the edge. And all of a sudden, all you hear over team speak was him going, no, as he fell off the edge. It caused a wipe. Because he was trying to hold him over to the corner, but it it was probably the funniest moment we had. Because we were just dying constantly in our best attempt. You just hear him scream over Team Speak. It had to be about twelve <laughs> seconds before we killed before we finally killed the boss, and he just walks backwards off the platform. And and we're like, no, we're good, we're good, we got this. Just you die, and we're good. We were dodge roll, and we were trying to do everything we could because the boss was almost dead. And we made it though. <laughs> we did. We beat it. He's like, I'd have felt so bad if we wiped on that because I walked off the platform. But it was just so funny to hear him screaming over Team Speak. Oh, that was great. Um, priceless embarrassing moment it was great and I, I i still he the the week after i think i told that story he was like i was waiting for you to tell it he's like i'm still embarrassed by it I'm like i had to tell it i still tell it. it's still one of my favorite moments so yeah we did have one guy who's right here at the end of it is in hell rather than achievement for blowing a horn and it causes all the mobs to come at you and he prematurely blew his horn as it were and only half of us were there, so this giant massive mobs came like, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so that wiped half, half our women soul gem runs for the, uh, oh. the the raid. Oh, that's rough. That's real rough. Um, I think the, all, all the rest I did in ESO this week is I did a lot of farming again, because that's what I do, because Thais hasn't been feeling the best to actually play. Um, but I also have been leveling my Breton Nightblade, and if you haven't checked out our YouTube channel, I'm doing a Let's Play series on there, um, following her leveling from 1 to 50. She's only like 20 now? No, not even that high. But she's still in Stonefalls, almost done with it. But the uh, I've been having fun with it, even though I've just been recording it here, but I've been talking while I've been playing. And like I've been skipping a lot of the quest texts, because I've done it before, but I know all the stories, so I've been digging into the lore behind the quest uh specifically one of the 
like episode 12 i think it's called chimer spell plagues and something and, and goblins and specifically we did a quest that was a great story quest in stone falls that talks about general bullrith and uh or like i don't know legate sadal the two brothers of strife and specifically in that quest you go into a flashback where everything kind of has a golden hue because they probably just didn't do the textures. And so I went into why their skin was golden because the reason why they did that was because they probably didn't have a golden skin textured Dunmer. And that's what the Chimer originally were. And I went through a whole lore series kind of while I was doing those quests talking about the, the Chimer, who they were, how they became the Dunmer, who the needs were. And I've been having a lot of fun doing that, just going over the lore of the zone while doing the quest that's been a lot of fun for me so that's what i did i did see on reddit song grumble about you skipping through the quests (laughs) yes i i noticed you said something about that and yeah yeah some people don't like it some people do i mean to me it was like at one time this has been a growing thing for me with let's play because at first i wasn't skipping quest text and then i had people complaining going well, you know, you know, the series of a Let's Play here is to to watch the host and listen to their commentary. All right. So I started doing commentary, and now people are like, why are you skipping quest texts? No one wants to hear you talk. Just go through the quest so I can play through you. <laughs> yeah, right, so I can play through you. I'm like, well, I, I'm like, well, most people I would imagine have already done this, so I'm trying to give people uh, how I'm playing and, and um, some more background because some people probably don't know the lore as well. And I think it would be it, it gives you a whole new appreciation for the game when you dig into the lore and you realize, oh, that's who these characters are, or that's how they came to be here. Um, that's my opinion, because I love lore, but then again, I could spend like the rest of my life listening to Lauren Schick just talk about Elder Scrolls lore, so um yeah, I don't know. Eventually, I'll get the let's play where people actually enjoy it. I think some people do, and some, you know, but if you're into lore um definitely check them out because that's kind of what i'm kind of taking my niche role is because that's the one thing in elder scrolls that i believe i know very well and that would be the lore of the game so as i'm going through quest and stuff i talk about lore more so than anything else yeah well i'm waiting for you to do a let's listen episode where theis just sits there and reels out lore after lore after lore (laughs) let's listen just a soothing i I, we should do that (laughs) we should just do a recording of you sitting like in a rocking chair and just bring out this leather bound volume and we'll just start reading the ESO books. Yeah. Be like, Listen over. up kiddies. We're going to tell you the story of Lorcan and Sadakal and just go in. <laughs> well, you know what? That, that we could actually do that. You know, like all, all, all the dramatic readings that I've done, we can like compile them into like one, one video. Have some like nice dramatic music playing mm-hmm. in the background. Tell me, that's why I'm, I'm just going to record you sitting there like in a granny outfit reading the I'll books. I'll wear my glasses, you know. Sip some tea. <laughs> Sit down oh. for another... Lauren Schick did a video like that the story time where I put his glasses on the st- story. There you go. We could do that. Yeah, but I'm not really soothing to look at. Like, I have, like the piercings. It's like the shorts, like, like you know, pinky <laughs> hair. I'm not as soothing. As Better yet, you could do it after you've had the child. So the child can be in your arms asleep and you're just rocking He's back re- and forth, <gasps> reading the lore to the, the baby. <laughs> the lullaby, the, yeah, the bedtime stories with Thais, with the little Nord baby sitting there. I'm going to no, read you the story you, of Akatosh and Lorcan. That is a great idea. Oh the Anuyad paraphrased right now. <laughs> that would be great. 
Well, speaking of readings, and this is a perfect segue for the traumatic reading. That was that just worked out great. It was. That was good. I, I like that. Uh, so this week, we're almost done with the series called Literature, and it is the Red Book of Riddles. Mm. Now, Thais, I, you have to read it exactly as it is written. So, good luck. This handy book doth contain all diverse manner of riddles and follies, and, by means of careful study, the prudent scholarly gentleman may find himself no longer discomfited by the sharp wit of his fellows. The posing and puzzling of riddles is a convention of polite aristocratic Western society. Nobles and social aspirants collect books of riddles and study them, hoping thereby to increase the chances of their, of their appearing sly and witty in conversation. The question. It has a tail, a side, and a head. I call it what I call a snake. It has no body and it is dead. The answer? It must be a drake. The question. Poets know the hearts of men and myrrh, but beasts can't know my heart, you see. This book was written by a bear. The answer? It is not a book of poetry. The question. I give you a sock, not unlike a box, with hammers and nails all around it. Two lids open when it knocks. The answer? It must have been a great hit. I had no idea what any of those riddles meant. Like, none. I, you know, I have not a clue. Steldine, did any of those riddles make sense to you? I'm not much of a riddle man, no, not at all. <laughs> I don't, I wouldn't even say, I don't think it would make sense to people who understand riddles. <laughs> maybe, maybe the second one kind of makes sense. Poets know the hearts of men and myrrh, but beasts can't know my heart, you see. This book was written by a bear. Well, well if, if the beast can't know his heart, when poets know the hearts of men and myrrh, and he's a man, it's obviously not a book of poetry. Oh, all right. I guess that makes sense. Look at you. Ooh, that's the only one I know, though. The that's rest the only, of them don't The other ones don't really make much I sense. I just think it's people speaking bollocks to try and sound clever. <laughs> bollocks. <laughs> right. Right on. Okay. Well, we're going to move on to our guild corner. And, uh, Steldian, I know you had something. Uh, yeah. Um, I've, I have to admit, I've not really been focusing too much on my guild, Crucio Sanctorum, over on the uh, EU server for Daggerfall covenant people but i am planning on trying to build it up again in fact we had two new guys join recently who funny enough found me through tales of tamriel or <laughs> dungeon crawler network as it is um so we are opening our doors again ideally vet level players because i wouldn't mind getting this book crew together to do some casual raiding it won't be speed runs but we should be able to get through the content and stuff we've got a few people who are experienced raid leaders so we should be able to get on by um so yeah as i say it's daggerfall faction so i'm afraid if you're ad or ep unless your main is dagger four then it's probably not worth turning out because you haven't really got anyone to play with you um any level is welcome it's just those are those few of us who are in it already are pretty much mostly v14s or v10 plus so the younger levels might not get much out of it sure but, 
just to throw that out there in case anyone's interested, come join. If you don't like us, then leave. No if Zenimax <laughs> offers a character copy, I'd make a character copy of my main over there so I can play on the EU side. But I wouldn't want to level one from scratch because you see how long it's been like nine months and I'm still only VR8. So. Well, sh- sure, but use your subcrowns and buy some uber <laughs> portions of experience. You'll be fine. Right, right. I'll totally play on the EU server. I'm sure you I would. I get to talk to people over there. <laughs> Yeah, with your luck, though, you'd probably, you know... Maybe um, we'd even do a raid night on a Friday so that you guys actually t- turn up. There you go. It would be great. See? <laughs> Perfect. <sighs> Crud. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's that. Now, uh, for the other part is we want to do our weekly guild raffle. We hit 50k this week for the Wings of Fate Trading Guild. Uh, again, this guild is open to anyone on any faction. It's a trading guild. We like to chat in there. Um, but that's about all we really do, trading and chat. And I mean, we do dungeon runs and stuff if you have, you know, if you ask around, I'm sure you'll find someone who would want to run. There's a bunch of us who run. But, you know, that's not the main focus. So if you're coming there expecting, you know, weekly or daily dungeon runs, you're probably not going to find it. Except for within a few people and, you know. Uh, but what we do is each week we do a raffle that once the pot hits 50K, we pick a winner. And the winner gets 30% of that of that uh, total gold earned. The way you participate is you donate 1,000 gold to the guild bank or send it to myself. That's at Agelos, A-G-G-E-L-O-S, in-game. Uh, you know, get your ticket, and then we randomly pick a number, and that person wins the money. So I got to pull up my random.org here. Random.org. Excellent. All right, so we had... 50, exactly 50 uh, tickets this week spread across all the members. So we'll go 2 through 51 because the top layer is a spreadsheet. And the winner is 51. And that is me. (laughs) (laughs) Fix. 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 Actually, you know what? I'm going to roll again because I have enough money. 20. I, I donate and I throw my name on here, but it, you know, I, I, I've won twice so far and I've not accepted either time. Uh, Reese the Beast won. Congratulations, sir, and you win 15K. So I will mail that to you in game. Yeah, I, 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 I donate to make sure we, you know, because that's what I do, but I, I rarely, you know, even if I do win, uh, two times I've won, I've always went, yeah, no. And reroll again. Now, if the pocket's super high, maybe I'll accept. But <laughs> 15k is nothing, um, at least for now, to me anyway. All right, uh, so that's it. That's the end of the guild corner. We're gonna move on to our email section. We had one this week, so please go ahead. Hey there, Jellos. I finally got to listen to TOT episode 51, and it was really great to hear the enthusiasm back in your voice. Welcome back to the light side. (laughs) Having Nate on the show was a nice move and definitely added some more dimension to the show, not that it's been lacking. The dramatic reading was fun to listen to, as always. Regarding provisioning in 1.6, I had quite a different... I had quite a few different ingredient items on my tombs, 
tunes when they copied them over for the 1.6 PTS. Nothing was removed from the inventories or the bank. Instead, if it was no longer of use, it had old attached to the beginning of its name. Aged meat became old aged meat, for example. But here's the exciting part. In 1.5, most of these food ingredients have a value of zero gold. In 1.6, when they are converted to grays and old is added to the name, the value changes to 10 gold each. That stack of 100, of 100 old aged meats is worth 1,000 gold. See the attached screenshots? See what I mean? I'm going to be stocking up on old 1.5 ingredients before 1.6 goes live, that's for sure. Regards, Bullwraith. P.S. Yeah. It would have been interesting if the podcast had been named Tales in Tamriel. I'm sure you've heard that a few times. Right. Um, thank you so much, Bullwraith, for listening. And of course, you know, uh, thank you for continuing listening. I mean, we love doing the show. We love the Elder Scrolls Online. That was never something we just, like I said, we disagree with the route it's taken. Um, though we all, not all of us, obviously. So Stel- Steldine's a little bit more on the okay side. I'm in the, as I, as I said prior to the show, I had 100% faith in the developers before, but my faith's been shaken. They're almost like a cheating lover that you take back afterwards yes you've forgiven them but now you're always kind of watchful so that's how i feel with these guys i still just, love them but they're dirty filthy hoes. just to clarify i wouldn't know if i say i'm okay i can't stand free to play with my okay. games. um <laughs> i'm more optimistic based optimistic. on the fact that they're doing this before they're broke and run out of devs usually game turns like this after they've lost their whole team got nothing left they're doing it for the console release, so there's at least hope they still got the same size dev team, so they can hopefully still produce decent stuff. Sure, the same it dev makes team a good that's same way. been developing but, makes sense. Yeah. Okay, I okay, I agree with that. That's that's awesome. Um, Tales in Tamriel. This is an interesting story. Uh, Tales of Tamriel. I know Thais and I, when we were working on founding the podcast. I think I presented like 15 different names to you at one point, like just trying to figure out. I think we had Tamriel Tales, Tamrielic Adventures. You had like Around the Campfire. Around the Campfire. Uh, I had a bunch of different names before we came up with Tales of Tamriel. Um, and yeah, I guess of and in, I mean, you're only, what you know, what is that? I can't even think of the word. What is, what is of in the English language? It's not a pronoun. It's a... Uh, I can't remember, um, but th- that type of you know it could be could have went either way. But yeah, the the original Tales of Tamriel uh, was not originally what we were going to be called. We had quite a few different names till we picked one that we really liked. And the abbreviation is awesome, T.O.T. T.O.T. Yeah, it, it is, and I, that's where we're at. So um, I think you just wanted to spell tit as the, uh, <laughs> that's why you want Tales in Tamriel. That tails in. That would have been that would have been interesting. <laughs> now I actually kind of regret not naming it that. That is so bad. <laughs> I think we may have to do an official name change of the podcast at some point because that would be fun. Episode fifty three of Tit. <laughs> That'd be great. People, we yeah, have so many. You'd be amazed how many viewers you get. Confused. I'm going to get, like, one-star reviews. This is not as advertised. <laughs> right. Right. I like it. I like it a lot. All just right. One thing. Oh, sorry. Just oh, one thing. 
he was mentioning a little tip there about the whole money and the old old ingredients. While we're sharing tips, if anyone's got the Imperial Edition out there and you can buy your horses for one gold, I suggest buying a couple if you haven't already got a number of horses and specifically feeding each one to maxed capacity and then the other one to max stamina because obviously in 1.6 you have a riding skill rather than anything being associated to your horse. So if you've already got a 50 horse in each of those categories, your riding skill in 1.6 will be maxed. So all your horses will be maxed out in speed, stamina, and carrying capacity the minute you get on. If you wait until 1.6, you'll only be able to slowly feed once at a time to improve your training skills. Mm. So just a little sneaky tip out there. Nice. I actually think I have a fully maxed out gear horse and a fully maxed out speed horse. I don't have a stamina one. So I should probably do that. I don't know. Interesting. What? I'm excited. That's what happens. All right. We move on to our final thoughts for this episode. Thais, uh, why don't you go first? It was a, a, a good show. I had a lot of fun, especially, especially with that, that, one, that one question. I will have to get that picture for you, so <laughs> you, can, you can use it for the, for the podcast so that sure. they can see it and, and, and laugh at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a little weary still of, of you know, the direction it's going, because I would rather it either be you know, sub or free-to-play. That this, this middle ground is a little uh, wonky. I prefer buy-to-play to free-to-play, to free but... So I, I wish they would have just stayed sub. So do I, but I enjoy fully free to play because it's all free except for the cosmetics except or the, the cubes. <laughs> but By the you way. know, so yeah, good all right. show. All right, uh, Steldian, good sir. Uh, yeah, it was great to be back. It's been a, a lot of fun on here. It's uh, been a good load of discussion points. Um, the buy to pay thing, disappointing, but. You've got to keep in mind the amount of money they're going to make from consoles is going to be obscene. So it's not like sure. they're going to be struggling for money right. once they sell it and do downloadable content. If you've got that many people playing, it's a lot of money made from DLCs. So the cash shop really could could potentially stay as just a little bonus thing for fluff. And they don't need to start nickel and diming everyone. Fingers crossed. Right. Right on. All right, I do want to thank both my co-hosts, or all three, even though Sonny's not here at the moment, uh, for joining. And I, you know, again, want to do my official welcome to you guys to the Dungeon Crawler Network. And, uh, of course, anytime you guys want to come back on Tales, obviously I'm still looking for a, another more permanent-ish co-host. So may have to, you know, maybe break some arms here. It needs to be a British guy. It needs to be a British I think I think someone's hinting. But anyway, um... <laughs> Yeah, great episode. I was really excited to do this. I wanted to introduce the new the new cast. I really wanted to talk about the game specifically with the uh, the the uh, discussion topic we went over because there was a lot of good stuff, and I feel like we had a lot of good discussion with that, a lot of back and forth. It was a lot of fun, and uh, it was just a great episode. So thank you so much for everyone for listening, and uh, I hope you all have a wonderful evening. You just listened to another episode of Tales of Tamriel, a Dungeon Crawler Network production. If you want to get involved, please be sure to check out our website at www.dungeoncrawlernetwork.com. Please be sure to follow us on our social media and YouTube channels. We can be found on Twitch at twitch.tv slash dungeoncrawlernetwork, on Twitter at dungeoncrawlnet, and at Tales of Tamriel and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tales of Tamriel podcast. Thank you for listening, and we hope to see you next time.